0: a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You are listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I am Lady Boy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. (laughs) And tonight our topic is on building deeper sexual connection. And we thought about this topic because I ran across something a while back where a woman was saying, well, I'm not really as focused on having better orgasms. I just want a deeper connection with a person. And I thought, well, that's kind of intriguing because forming a deeper connection, it's partly about relationships, but it's also partly about the spiritual side of sexuality. And I know for me, I've had some very deep connections with many partners over the past. And a big part of that is, I think, due to my practicing uh, tantric sex and Taoist sexuality and learning different techniques, being more mindful, and also getting in touch with who I am, and loving myself at a deeper level. And I once was told by a friend, how can you love another person until you can love yourself first? But anyway, I'm going to turn it to Paul and see what his thoughts are before we delve in deeply.
1: I think that this is a good topic because I believe that Sex and sexuality makes it really easy to form connections, I think, because when you're having sex or when you're building sexual energy, your mentality changes. You get out of the thinking brain, the analytical brain, and you get more into the feeling brain. And if you involve your heart in, in the sex, really opens up your heart. And it really, uh, it's all about sensation and sensuality. And these are ways that people have connected for a very, very long time. And I think that connecting through sex and sexuality is an extremely intimate um, connection and very powerful.
0: And we've talked about this on the show in the past a little bit. We've touched on it. I think a big part about sexuality is that when we can fully embrace sexuality, it's when we fully embrace being vulnerable and being more open. And there is this kind of sense of openness of our bodies and of our emotions and mind and Letting someone really get to know a deeper sense of who I am and who they are. And I know for me, I've had some amazing experiences. And I've had some, I mean, I've been very experienced on many different levels. I've done everything from exploring anonymous sex at gay pickup points (laughs) And just enjoying fuck buddies or uh, friends with benefits, however you want to call it. And that can be an amazing form of sex where it doesn't go as deep. So there's many different levels we can reach. And then I got more into the spiritual sexual activities and have done amazing sexual rituals that really opened up a whole new perspective for me. And I'm kind of curious, what are some of your more amazing experiences in connecting with either yourself or another person? What really occurred and how did it really open things up for
1: you? I really started connecting deeply with myself through sex and sexuality when I started training under you and learning to really involve my whole body in my sexual experience and raising sexual energy and learning about my body, learning the different erogenous zones that I have and what they do and how to stimulate them and doing tantric circles where you start touching around your erogenous zones before really going in for direct stimulation on your erogenous zones and really learning all of these things about my body. One of the things I talk about a lot on the show is how I had... Problems with premature ejaculation before I started training under you. And I think that part of that journey of like really discovering how my sexual body works and my sexual response and learning to not feel bad when I did come, it's a beautiful experience, whether it lasts a minute or it lasts several hours. And not feeling so guilty or bad when I uh, would come very quickly. And I think that that level of self forgiveness, like, fed into it a whole lot. And also, like I said, like learning about my body. And I think that gave me the opportunity, especially once you taught me to do the genital heart connection, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. It helped me connect with my higher self, with my spiritual self. And mixing sexuality with spirituality was a very beautiful thing to unlock in myself and actually helped me reconnect uh, with my spiritual self because I had lost a lot of my spirituality uh, before I started training under you. And I just think it was really, really powerful and really, really great to go through that. And then learning to connect with you spiritually and sexually was really, really powerful. And then the last partner I had, the only partner I've had since I started training with you, I was able to connect with very deeply sexually and like really, really had an amazing time, and it, it was really, really powerful for both of us. So I, I think ever since I started this training, I really have blossomed sexually in so many ways. Hmm. And I think
0: one of the things you kind of touched on or hinted at a little bit was a sense of overcoming blockages And I know that for me, coming from a very religious family, I had quite a few sexual blockages, some of which I wasn't even aware of until I started really searching within and discovered how much some of that early childhood childhood socialization process was really affecting me deep inside and holding me back sexually. And it wasn't until I started studying ancient sex temples and some of the healing that spiritual sexuality can bring, especially when it comes to facing fears and taboos and really challenging oneself to grow, that... It really does open a whole new perspective and helps you reach a higher state of consciousness. I know for me, just overcoming the taboo of homosexuality or bisexuality, anal pleasures, and many of the forbidden, even premarital sex, was a big door opener for me i mean i was kind of taught boy meets girl falls in love has 2.5 kids buys a house has a car and lives happily ever after and and that there's this concept of a soulmate, one and only that's perfect for you and you know that was kind of the hollywood version i think (laughs) of romance. And romance hasn't existed all that long. It's a pretty new phenomenon. I mean, up until the 100 years ago, a lot of marriages were either arranged or under a tight stricture for preserving the class system. It wasn't about romance and falling in love. It was about having the right partner to maintain the class system, especially the noble class, and keeping it separate from the working class and just keeping the classes separate. I think we've come so far in sexuality in our modern time. I mean, I think in part through groups like the bisexual community and other alternative communities, we've discovered, and through even psychology, we've discovered there's so much more than just this soulmate concept. (laughs) And if you are into that, go for it. But I just never could find that myself. And, And being bisexual, it didn't work well for me anyway, because... I never felt complete with just one female partner or one male partner. For me, I'm very poly, and I think part of it is that I need the male energy and the female energy in my life. It's very important to me, and it's very different the way boys make love with me and the way girls do. And so I think part of it was just being intersex, having both the male side and the female side. It really gave me some very special challenges to kind of explore and come to terms with. Are there any things that
1: really kind of challenged you? So uh, as far as challenges go, I think that overcoming my problem with premature ejaculation was a big challenge for me. And I think forgiving myself for my perceived inadequacy and then also forgiving myself for having put that pressure on myself was really big to me. And then also learning to be okay with the things that make me tick and some of my more uh, taboo turn-ons and, and fantasies. Like being able to get to the point where I didn't feel bad about those darker, kinkier sides of myself uh, was really, really powerful for me. And I think one of the things that I've gotten a lot through learning about sex and sexuality is you were talking earlier about friends with benefits and one night stands and and cruising and hooking up but and i i had had some one night stands before we started our our training and but when i like hook up with someone and it i don't plan on getting in a relationship with them i think my approach to it is different. I feel myself connecting with that person a lot more fully and a lot more deeply. And for me, it is an emotional, beautiful thing. I I used to reserve just for my uh, sex with people I was in a relationship with. And I think learning how to open my heart and really connect with another person, even if there was no romantic intention, it was another kind of challenge for me. But I think that it's taught me so much to be able to really deeply connect with people that I may never see again.
0: I think one of the things that we're so kind of culturated in this society is that there's only one person that, in this whole monogamy thing. And I think if monogamy works for you, and it does work for a lot of people, I'm not trying to shun it. I think what I shun is when monogamy is the one and only alternative, that you should be in a monogamous relationship, that non-monogamy is somehow bad. And I'm kind of speaking of this because that was a big issue for me to overcome, was embracing polyamory and saying, no, this isn't sinful or bad or wrong. (laughs) And a lot of religions, not just Christian religion, really pushes monogamy down everybody's throat. It's like one size fits all, and it doesn't. But it was through polyamory that I was able to really overcome some of my other blockages in sexuality and really fully embrace the sexual being that I am and become and open the door to some pretty incredible experiences. I remember, and this is through BDSM play when I was as submissive there were times when I had out-of-body orgasms during intense BDSM scenes, and I would have never experienced any of that had I been monogamous. (laughs) First of all, the partner at that time was okay with me with other people, but wasn't into BDSM at all. Shunned it, you know, and... My partner then was okay with me exploring that side of myself. And that was long ago. <laughs> and I think that just opening some of these doors, I know BDSM was a big hurdle. I was taught, oh, men are supposed to be the powerful ones and be in charge. and And if you submit to a woman especially, And that's really taboo. It kind of breaks all the codes of being a Texas cowboy type, (laughs) which I was never really quite a cowboy, but I was born and raised in Texas. So I got a lot of that kind of from the huge population, from the society, this sense of, well, real men are very in charge and would never submit to another. And I know you faced some issues around BDSM. What were some of those that really kind of spoke to you and that you had to really confront and overcome?
1: Well, my first experiences with BDSM were just being a teenager with Internet access. And back then, they didn't have anything like FetLife or anything that really like went into an understanding of like how BDSM really works, and it was mostly through BDSM porn, and it all seemed terribly abusive. I didn't understand that in real BDSM, that there are safe words, that there is an inherent like, discussion beforehand and agreements and long-term bonds between people. And it, it just looked kind of scary and really abusive. And then a while later, my friend group grew to in, in, involve some people that were in BDSM. And I originally thought it was kind of surprising that these kind of people that I thought were so cool would be into BDSM because I thought of it as this terribly abusive thing until I started talking with them and learning about negotiation and about uh, ground rules and about aftercare and about all the things that go into BDSM. And it made a lot more sense. And it made me realize one of the thoughts I had had when I was. A teenager looking through the porn is that I thought was really sad, and if these people could get uh, mental health help, that they wouldn't have to to do these terrible things to each other. And then I realized by talking to my new found friends at the time. That that was how they were going about getting the help that they needed, and that they were really working through a lot of uh, trauma that they had gone through, and it made a lot of sense uh, to me. So, like that journey was pretty incredible. And then the first time I tried BDSM, it was interesting because, like, I had known that group for a few months, and I wound up going to a party. And someone asked if anyone wanted spankings. And I was like, you know, I've never done this before. I'll try it. And from the moment I actually started experiencing it, I fell in love with it. Uh, I remember, like, at one point, I was like, I kept on telling them, like, you can go harder, you can go harder. And at one point, the woman was like, no, I can't, Paul. I cannot go harder than this. This is as hard as I can go. (laughs) And then I looked around, and everyone was kind of shocked, and then ah, And I was like, oh, I guess I'm quite a masochist. I think you
0: touch on something with BDSM. BDSM can be such a healing experience. I know it has been in my life. I mean… My father was abusive physically. And I went through a lot of issues around <clears throat> big men because he was six foot tall and broad-shouldered and very strong. And I was this you know, 90-pound kid <laughs> or 80-pound kid at the time. And going through that, experience, and then later doing role play around that, was very healing and empowering to the inner child within me. For the first time, I had safe words. I didn't get safe words as a kid. (laughs) And that was such a cathartic and healing experience for me to actually go through a scene like that and be empowered, to empower the inner child and All of a sudden, the inner child learned, oh, that will never, ever happen again (laughs) non-consensually. And that was part of the spiritual journey I went on, was reaching that catharsis and reaching that sense of self-empowerment. And there are so many other areas where I explored and empowered myself through different rituals sometimes. Sometimes it was through BDSM role play. And these can be very empowering for ourselves. And I think that I bring this up because I think that's one of the first steps to being in a deeper connection with yourself. You have to be able to love yourself. Fully embrace yourself as you are and be, a, you know, for the first time I could say, yeah, I like who I am. For the first time I could say, I love Gigi and really feel it deep inside. This, And I think that was part of the first steps to forming a genital heart connection. It was being able to love my body as it is and really celebrating my body as it is.
1: And another thing I kind of wanted to bring up because you know, earlier we were talking about polyamory and one of my favorite things about being poly is the there's something in polyamory called compersion. And compersion is the feeling of joy that you feel by seeing your partner your partner's needs being fulfilled by someone other than yourself. So when your partner gets back from a really good date and they're just glowing and bubbly and they're talking about how wonderful it was and how great the sex was and he he said that he was really funny or he was really cute or whatever it is. Uh, And like when you listen to that and you can Immediately feel happy for your partner rather than feeling the tug of jealousy. Like that's compersion. And it's something I, I fell into quite easily because I had done a lot of research before I ever got into a poly relationship and I had read a lot about compersion. And so, like when my partner first started going on dates and would get really excited and really happy. Like It made me really, really happy, and it filled my heart. And that's one of the ways that you can experience deep in your connection with another person. And I've kind of expanded this to uh, I feel compersion with my partner, even if it's not uh, another romantic relationship. If they have a good friend date and uh, or someone they haven't seen in a while, and they get to catch up with them or even with people I'm not partners with, people I just love as friends, when they talk really happily about their relationships and about their dates and about the things that are good in their life, that helps me like really connect with them. And being happy for another person's happiness, especially a sexual happiness, I think is really, really healthy. And I think I've learned a lot through kind of building that into as like a core part of myself.
0: One of the things that we've kind of danced around a little bit, and this I found first in the BDSM community and then secondly in the polyamorous community, is the role of communications and the level of communications. You can't really have a successful BDSM or polyamorous relationship without really deep, those hard communications where you really open up and become more vulnerable and share parts of yourself like, oh, I'm into this. This has been my deep, dark secret all my life. (laughs) I like getting my butt spanked hard. I like a bare bottom spanking across your bare knee. It's like, I like having my genitals crushing in with each pounding on my ass. And there's a time I wouldn't admit that to anybody. And now I can say, in a negotiation with someone, if there's a woman or a man that wants to dom me, I can say, oh, this is what I'm into specifically. And so it opens the door to a better, more thorough communication of, well, what do you want? How can I pleasure you? Or how can I take you flying in subspace? Because really that's what I was into as a sub, was flying in subspace, going on that journey. And subspace is a little hard to describe exactly. It is a type of trance state that you go into that feels... So amazing. I mean, you feel like you're flying through the cosmos. (laughs) Do you want to say a few words about some of the experiences you've had?
1: Yeah, subspace is wonderful. Like, I, it, and it's interesting because the deeper you get into BDSM, and the first time you do BDSM, you might only be able to go so far before you use your safe words. Or a lot of times, if you have a good DOM, uh, it will take them a while to get comfortable enough to take you all the way there because they're feeling you out and want to err on the side of caution rather than risking going too far with you. But as you do it more and you get more com- comfortable with a DOM and you go further and further and further, into subspace um, it it's really incredible and like there are times where I'm flying so so hard so fast that I almost feel like I'm on a drug like it's almost like I'm tripping like really hard. I know that it brings out so many different emotions and like a lot of times though, you get the catharsis of like feeling all of these emotions without any of the uh, mental anguish or hard things about feeling them. And it's just really, really incredible. And to share that experience with someone, when you share that experience with a dom, and your dom can see where they've brought you to, and you can feel so thankful that they have given you that gift. Like that's another thing that causes like deep, deep connection. One of the things in BDSM is that you have to build a whole new level of trust with someone um, to really trust them to take you pretty far, but also trust them to not harm you permanently. So like building that trust also like helps build the relationship.
0: One of the things that occurs in both BDSM and in polyamory is that deeper level of communications. And when you can and it happens in the bi community a lot. We talk about things that most married couples never even think to talk about. And I think communication is so important to opening ourselves to having a deeper connection with another person. I don't know how many times couples or one partner in a couple has come to me at Aphrodite's temple and said, you know, my partner doesn't know anything about this. I've never told anybody, but I feel like I can share this with you. And they'll tell me about their secret fantasy. And I'll say, you know, I'd love to take you there, but I think you should discuss this with your partner. Just, but do it in a very good way. Maybe don't just come to her from this dark place of, oh, I have this bad, terrible secret to share with you. Bring it to your partner in a very fun and light kind of way that, and show this positive side of what you're into, because there are some positive sides. I remember when I first got with my current life partner, she really is a life partner. I said, I think I told her on the first or second date, well, I'm bisexual, I'm into BDSM, and into all this stuff. And she was like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) Now, she's not into BDSM, but she fully supports my journey in it. And I would have never known that unless I sat down and had those kind of scary talks with this newfound love. And that takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. But it also takes, you know, I didn't come to her saying, oh, I've got this dark secret. I came to her and talked about the amazing experience between a dom and a sub and how deep the connection is between them has to be to be able to play safely. And she was just amazed by it. She said, you make this sound so good and fun. <laughs> And we're already to station break time. <laughs> wow, the time flies sometimes. I want to encourage you to. I know this month with the holidays, we won't be doing Aphrodite's Temple for the month of December. Things just got too busy and crazy. But we will be doing one in January. And so if you're interested, go to ladyboytemple.com. That's L-A-D-Y-B-O-Y-T-E-M-P-L-E.com. And we've got a lot of information about what Aphrodite's Temple is, and you can even do join us on a Zoom meetup once a month to experience some of the Rituals and some of the workshops we do online during a Zoom call to really learn more and participate in some of these activities if they really turn you on. And we do quite a few different things everything from exploring Taoist genital massage to forming a deeper. Connection with yourself and being more mindful. We've done mindful masturbation and explored a lot of different things in Aphrodite's temple. So if you're interested and you can sign up at the website, go to ladyboytemple.com. And I also have my other websites, ravenslearleather.com, and also my sex coaching website, which is ggwilber.com. Anything you want to add to station break?
1: So on ravenleerleather.com, you can find different training videos that we've done in the past. You can also find a link to our Patreon, which is one of the ways we hope to... Make a little bit back. We don't do this for money. We do this in order to share what we know with each other and hope to build a community. But it does take a lot of effort and time to put on these podcasts and make all of the training videos and do what we do and to also run the temple both virtually and in person. And it would be nice to start making a little bit of money so if you feel like you've gotten anything out of any of our podcasts uh if you feel so driven to donate and it doesn't have to be a lot it can be a dollar a month or five or ten whatever you feel comfortable with that would be wonderful
0: i would like to add that On the training videos, I've got videos on body image healing, on raising sexual energy, and all the video trainings, they include worksheets and exercises that I don't go into all the details on the show because it gets pretty involved, but there are a lot of exercises you can do and worksheets you can work through that will help you improve your sex life. (laughs) And so, back to our topic, forming a deeper sexual connection. And part of why I wanted to do this was that for a long time, early on in my life, sex was a little bit on the shallow side. And I thought, there has to be more to this. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was great. But I thought, there's got to be more to it than just that physical getting off. And there's got to be a way to connect at a deeper level with other people. And it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes time. It takes communication. But also, I learned some tantric concepts that really helped. Everything from doing deep breathing exercises and circulating sexual energy through the body, not just focusing in the genitals only. I remember a lot of people think sex is defined by having heterosexual intercourse, penis and vagina. And sex is so much more than that. Yet some people's definition of sex is, only penis and vagina counts as sex. <laughs> no, there's many other forms, everything from moral sex to anal sex to mindful masturbation to mutual masturbation. And as we explore these different avenues of sexuality and we really start taking it into a deeper level, a whole new Experiences are ahead of you. I can guarantee it, you will not be the same after you go down this rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. So I think that one of the things that I really love about connecting with a partner through sex is when you have sex, you, especially once you learn some of the techniques we've talked about in the show and learn some Taoist techniques and learn how to breathe and circulate your sexual energy, your mindfulness goes up a whole lot. And all of a sudden you can be a lot more in in tune with the rhythm of your partner's body. And like really in tune with their pheromones, like how they smell, how they sound. You learn that they really like it when I do this, or they really like it when I do that, or when she arches her back, then I should change the change the position or things like that. And I think that learning those like unspoken cues with a partner also helps in the bonding process.
0: And you touch on another thing that comes to mind. It's really amazing, but did you know that 40% of women do not orgasm from penis and vagina sex? It takes really stimulating the clitoris in other areas, but you've got to wake it up first. And a woman's sexual response isn't like a lot of guys. Guys can be like the EverReady battery. <laughs> They're up and going in no time. But it takes a little bit more time for most females to really build that energy up and awaken the kundalini within. And I think learning about the kundalini, that sex energy within all of us, that it's usually sleeping. And once you learn how to awaken it fully, it transcends how you receive sensations in your body. And that one secret was amazing, because once I learned that, I would take people, I can't tell you how many females that I gave them their, well, I didn't give them, I provided the techniques so that they could have their first orgasm. And they go, wow, this is incredible. (laughs) But there had been a lot of females, and this isn't just young females. This has been, I've had females that came into temple that were in their 30s or 40s and had never had an orgasm until I taught them how to do a Taoist genital massage. And then all of a sudden they had their first orgasm. And so We're never educated on these things in our current sex ed. That's why I like to do this show. I want to create a more sex-positive world where we can talk about these things and where we can openly communicate and learn and grow and develop and really thrive as sexual beings.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that one of the things... We've kind of been jumping all over the place, but we've talked about kind of connecting with yourself and then connecting with your spiritual self through sex and connecting with your partners through sex. But another thing that I've found that I can do is kind of connect more with the world energy, with universal consciousness. And it helps me to Fall in love deeper with everyone, and it's something I do a lot during my uh, during my uh, like sexual meditations. Is that I'll raise up my sex energy and I'll I'll just bring to mind like this concept of the universal unconsciousness and the uh, just kind of the spirit of everyone, or I'll. Think of somewhere a group that needs healing or something like that. And I kind of am able to cr- connect on a broader level with humanity and like pour my inner, my sexual energy into um, different things to help heal the world and help heal other groups of people, at least. I feel it in in myself, and I think that's another powerful thing to do.
0: I think what you're touching on is a type of almost Reiki sexuality, (laughs) sexual energy. It's sending good, healthy sexual energy out into the world. I know I've done some pretty amazing rituals, both solo and with small groups, where we raised a cone of sexual energy and sent it out to the world for healing. And these things do have a power. They have an energy, and I think the world is in need of more loving energy, more sexual energy, and being able to connect at that universe level, that world level, and we aren't alone. We have more people on the planet than ever before in history. <laughs> and yet, in some ways, we're more isolated, especially during the pandemic, than we have ever have been as a society. And I'd like to talk a little bit about sex rituals, because it sounds kind of foreboding. Oh, a sex ritual, it's got to be done. I don't know how to do that. Well, it's pretty simple, really. You want to really meditate on what you want to accomplish in your sex ritual and set your intention. And then create an environment, and whatever your belief system is, use whatever religious symbology that you want to use. I'm pagan, so I cast a circle, and do some of the pagan things but it can be done under any other type of religion but basically create a s- sacred space for your sexuality I've got an altar and I think that was one that th- and I've got a big huge phallus that I carved and I and a kind of how would you say um Abstract vagina, <laughs> uh, or not vagina, the vulva. vulva, abstract vulva. And I've got all kinds of sexual photos and different things on my altar that's dedicated to sex energy. And so bring that spiritual. Side of your sexuality by creating your own altar and some of your own rituals. And once you set the intent and create an environment, and I often will light candles and incense and turn off the cell phones and really take some time. I'll take a ritual bath and come into the sacred space naked with my, without all the clothing, because clothing can often block. Come as you were born. Come as you came into the world, into this sacred space. And really become one with your body. Really take note of what your body is capable of. And Whatever your intention is, start raising that sexual energy and then raise it up into your body, circulate it and project it outward towards that intent. And that's basically the formula for a ritual. And then after you're done, close the circle or do some type, bring it to some kind of closure that's right for you. Anything you want to add to that, Paul?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, another thing is if you are doing it with a partner, you, like it's really good to take some time to connect with them a little bit before the ritual starts. I know that me and Gigi do a lot of things like keeping eye contact and taking deep breaths together and... I mentioned earlier forming a genital heart connection and the way me and Gigi tend to do it is you place one hand on your heart, and the other hand on your partner's genitals and they do the same uh, to you and on their heart and then look into each other's eyes and breathe in deeply and just really connect with the person and You can either do that before the ritual or as a part of the ritual, whatever feels more comfortable to you. And then as you're having sex, when you have the opportunity to maintain eye contact, and as you're feeling all of the good sexual feelings, like pour that into your partner, or both of y'all pour it out into, uh, like Gigi said, Cone of um, power, but and discussed beforehand, like how y'all are gonna like work th- the energy together. Like I know um, one of the things I did with a partner of mine is we got on a breathing pattern where when I was breathing in, they were breathing out, and as I was breathing in, I was. Uh, drawing energy into myself. And as they were breathing out, since it was while I was breathing in, they were directing energy into me. And then when I would breathe out, I'd pour energy into my partner and they were drawing it in so that we were each drawing in energy at opposite points and moving our energy back and forth with each other. And then after a while, we then pointed it outwards, and it was a really incredible experience. It was very, very powerful. One of the things that Gigi taught me is when you are pleasuring your partner or when you're receiving pleasure, pay attention to the textures of everything that you're touching, the smell of everything like really look deep into the the details and see the Find little hairs and the little lines that you never ever pay attention to. The, the shape of the different body parts and the form of your partner and like be fully, fully present with them and have them be fully, fully present with you. And that really creates a very strong connection and bond.
0: And I know you mentioned the forming the genital heart connection and gazing into each other's eyes. And oftentimes at first it feels kind of weird and you want to kind of giggle or discuss something. But this should be done in silence. This should be done really with the intent of connecting at a deeper level. And as you do so, at first it feels a little awkward. But once you really open up and get into it, all of a sudden you'll feel the energy start moving. And it really forms a deep, deep connection between the two of you. I've done this exercise with people in Temple many times where I'll have everybody choose a partner and form, perform the genital heart connection it is a ritual in and of itself in a way where you really take time and be fully present with your partner be fully conscious and it's a matter of focus focusing in on another person and really delving deep into the their gaze and connecting at that eye, hand, genital, heart level, it takes you to a whole new amazing experience, uh, to depths of connection that I didn't even know existed before I started doing this.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's really, really interesting when you start Having these different levels of connection with a lot of different people in your life and like learning to open yourself up to all these different people in different ways, sometimes it will include spirituality, sometimes it won't. Sometimes it will include uh, romantic intention, and sometimes it won't. Uh, And there's a concept called... Uh, relationship anarchy which is a subset of polyamory and in relationship anarchy <clears throat> you don't focus on the labels like you just focus on the things that connect you uh, it might be that you connect sexually it might be that you connect as deep friends it might be that you connect as people who Co- cohabitate very well it might be uh that you uh child rear together and one connection like you can raise kids with someone that you never have sex with you can cohabitate with people you never have sex with you can have sex with people uh who you're really friendly towards but have no romantic desire about you can have really deep romantic relationships with people who are asexual or just don't particularly want to have sex with you. One form of connection does not necessitate the other kinds of connections. And uh, like in relationship anarchy, like you just kind of accept each relationship for what it is and don't put any... Uh, limits on it but you also don't put any expectations on it and it takes a, like, an even deeper form of communication than even just regular poly does uh, but I, I've been a relationship anarchist for a while and I, I think that there's something magical about just understanding that anytime you meet someone and they are part of your life you have a relationship with them and th- those relationships can just evolve organically and wind up taking whatever form they do many times like the the best relationships i've ever had in my life except for one i knew those people for over a decade before i even had sex with them for the first time. So, like, I just think that the relationships that we have with other people, the connections that we have with other people, uh, are so varied and so fantastic. And, like, letting them grow organically and just letting them be whatever they are, I think there's something really magical and beautiful about that.
0: And we're to the top of the hour already. Where does the time go? <laughs> Any last thoughts? Anything that really stands out for you, Paul, that you'd like to throw in about forming those deeper connections through sexuality?
1: I did want to just have a note, because something I intended on talking about, but time kind of got away from us. But I know that for people who have experienced sexual trauma, uh, that it is harder to trust enough to to be able to build these connections. And that knowing people that could have sex, but they really had a hard time with the kind of intimacy that we're talking about. And it is perfectly valid and okay to have those hang-ups. And you shouldn't feel bad that it is difficult for you. And just because it's difficult for you doesn't mean you can never have that. I had to heal a whole lot of trauma in myself before I could really start working on connecting at the level that we've been talking about. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there, that if you've been through sexual trauma and it makes it difficult to have those connections sometimes that where you are right now and the way that you feel is completely normal and completely okay and also not written in stone
0: i think we could do a whole episode just on that (laughs) because i know it's a scary thing to face some of your traumas from the past and overcome them and heal from them. And now I've gone through a lot of healing myself. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but it can open you up and as Paul was saying, it's you're not gonna be stuck in that one place. You can grow from it and learn how to have deeper connections with one another, even in spite of the trauma. And I think it's from some of my experiences that really helped me in, throughout the process, even though it's painful and parts of it were painful to go through, it helped me become a better person and be able to connect at a deeper level then I think I would have been able to otherwise. So sometimes through the pain and trauma that we can form a deeper relationship as kind of a byproduct of the process of building that trust, of building that connection. It's kind of like I used to tell people when. Couples, when someone says, Oh, I trust you, those are but words. But when in BDSM I say, I trust you, here's the flogger, go after me, that's a living trust. It goes, and we've negotiated the scene and all, but that's a much deeper form of trust and that I wouldn't have been able to do when I was very young, a young adult. It took a lot of learning and healing and growth before I could come to that place, but it is possible and not only possible, it's, for me, I think it was inevitable that I was going to go through this just because I needed it so badly. So it's a journey, it's not a destination. I think that's about all I have for tonight's topic. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Get sexy. Take that step into really exploring your body. Become in tune and connected with your body and know yourself at a deeper level. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier, so explore everything sexual.